You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. In the ocean, hammerhead sharks prowl with some of the most amazing eyes in the natural world. The bizarre head that gives this predator its name has been the source of fascination and bewilderment. Theories abound. Many believe the head evolved as a kind of specialized rudder. Allowing the shark to whip its body quickly upwards, backwards, and side to side. It appears the shark does use its shape to facilitate lightning-fast agility in the water. But what may be even more useful to this graceful carnivore is vision from eyes at the very edge of the head's wide hammer. Welcome back to the Varmints Podcast. Every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet one animal at a time. For the next few weeks, our fearless leader, Paul Chomo, will be on a little bit of a sabbatical from the show. So in the meantime, the indie pod community stepped in like bosses, and we have some amazing guests for you to listen to, and this is one of them. But first, we want to say that we're completely overwhelmed and grateful for all of your support and encouragement and all of the love. So let's get on with the learning about animals part. And I'm Donna, and I'm not an animal expert. And I'm Toph from the Gravity Beard Podcast. I actually am an animal expert. Oh, really? No. No, I'm definitely <laughs> I'm definitely not an animal expert. As a matter of fact, I might even be exposed on this episode for not being an expert on the particular animal that we're going to talk about today. <laughs> well, let's let's get on with that and we'll talk about it. But first, the news. So this news article was posted on June 19th of this year, and it is Hammerhead Shark Spotted Near Anna Maria Island. A Manatee County woman was startled to see a hammerhead shark near Anna Maria Island on Father's Day, and we're going to go ahead and listen to that now. We are filming a shark eating a tarpon. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, look at that fin! Holy! <laughs> he is eating that! <gasps> He's right under the boat! <laughs> wow! Oh my god! <laughs> He's tired! Oh god! Murder! <laughs> A little bit dolphin-like. <laughs> it's, it's just, she said he's eating a tarpon, which is a big fish. Matt, please. It's going under the boat. I want you to go. <laughs> well, you're filming it. If I go, you can't film it. <laughs> I think I filmed enough. Wow. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, so Manatee County is in Florida. 
where Paul lives. And uh, so I just thought that was a super funny little news article. <laughs> I, I wish I lived in Manatee County. That's a way more interesting county name than the one I live in. They have a giant statue of a, man- of a manatee with a fountain and everything. So that's where St. Pete is. and Or it's near St. Pete. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Is. I want I want to move there just for the name and the statue. <laughs> or or maybe I'll just maybe I'll just try to commission and erect a manatee statue in my own town and see if that goes over. I want to see a big huge hammerhead eating a big fish, which is probably more relevant. So. <laughs> yeah, I'd go for that too. <laughs> Wasn't a giant news article, but still really fun to watch together. And uh, we will post the news article. We'll post the link to the video in the show notes so that you guys can take a look at this. It is really funny, this lady. Just, I love the swearing, too. She's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, can, can you blame her? I think I would have reacted no. in a similar manner. <laughs> well, I would have been out there going, get him! Because... <laughs> I'm the one that when you watch videos about great whites hunting seals and stuff, people are always like, oh, poor little seal. And I'm like, nah, there's 60,000 of them and like 12 sharks. Go, get it! <laughs> Don't feel so bad. It's lunchtime. Yeah. What do you expect them to eat? That's right. All right. Well, it's a, here's a reminder. You guys go to blazingcariboustudios.com for links to our audio and our show notes for today's episode. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at at Varman's Podcast, all one word, and at Varman's Podcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. I also run a Pinterest board for every single animal that we talk about on the show. The link to that is at the bottom of our show notes for every episode. And now we also have merchandise. If you go to tpublic.com and put Varmints into the search engine, you will find tote bags and mugs and all sorts of things with our awesome logo by Imran Javed on it. So please come and do that. And if you like the show, why not tell a friend about us and introduce them to the podcast? We're everywhere that podcasts are found, and word of mouth is the very best way to help the show grow. It is indeed. And now we're going to listen to this. Hey, Ah. let's go get educated on some animals. I know you want (laughs) to. A hammerhead shark is any of the 10 species that make up the Spherinidae family. This family belongs to the order Carcariniforms and has two genera, Eucifra and Spherna, which the first is one species and the latter with the remaining nine. All hammerhead sharks are easily recognized with a unique and striking head that they have, which is the origin of their English name, which is hammerhead shark. The most popular species are the great hammerhead shark, the scalloped bonnet head, the smooth hammerhead shark, and the scalloped hammerhead shark. Also, I really like the little bonnet heads, which I think are very cute. Hammerhead sharks have a unique T-shaped head that is similar to that of a hammer, as you can see. For many years, the shape of their head has been the cause of theories and studies. So the latest and most accepted theory is that it evolved in such a way so that the position of the eyes improves their vision. In effect, hammerhead sharks have a 360-degree view, so they can see above and below them at the same time, which helps them find food. This vision and their efficient vertebrae structure allows them to have greater efficiency in their movements and a wider distribution of the Lorenzini ampules over their large head area, and it gives them a pretty good advantage as predators. Other physical characteristics of the hammerhead are similar to another shark species. They have nostrils at the tip of their head and large eyes on each side of it. (laughs) So, I read all the way on the edge. (laughs) little nostril. The Mm. mouth is very small and contains serrated teeth and is located under the head. They have two dorsal fins, the first larger than the other. They have a different color on their belly than in their dorsal area, which is useful for camouflaging with the bottom of the sea, because while the ventral region is in the light, the dorsal area presents a light gray or greenish color. There's a broad range of measures among all the species of this family, and their length is about between 0.9 and 6 meters, which is about 3 feet to 19 feet, which is crazy. 
and their weight ranges between 3 and 580 kilograms, which is approximately 10 pounds to 1,900 pounds, which is insane. That's, That's an a, enormous range. Yeah, big, big range. Different species of hammerhead sharks inhabit temperate and tropical waters around the world along coastal lines and continental shelves. They dwell in the mesopelagic zone and up to 80 meters deep. Their most common habitats are reefs or shallow waters and occasionally brackish waters. Which is brackish waters are the ones that are where rivers feed into the ocean usually. They're like semi-fresh, semi-salt. Hammerhead sharks are carnivorous and they feed on a variety of prey. Their diet includes bony fish, squid, octopus, crustaceans, and their favorite food is rays. Occasionally, they also practice cannibalism. (laughs) When it regards eating, these sharks hunt alone. Thanks to their electroreceptor organs and to their improved vision, they can detect and catch rays that hide beneath the sand on the ocean floor. They are viviparous and they give birth to live offspring. That's what that means. They reproduce about once a year by internal fertilization and the number of offspring that a female delivers has a direct relation to its size. At a greater weight and length, there are more pups. So usually about 12 to 50 offspring are born with a length of 18 centimeters or so and a soft rounded head. Pups do not get any parental care, but they huddle together in warm waters, departing when they can defend themselves. And we will talk about that later. This family of sharks has an unusual behavior by forming up groups or schools of up to 500 members, which is crazy. That's a big school. I graduated with about 500. (laughs) That's about as big as my high school class too. Mm Mm-hmm. Very few species of sharks do this. Each has a group has a social structure that determines hierarchical dominance according to size, age, and sex. Sharks usually stay in schools during the day, and they separate at night. And they don't really know why they group, but apparently the practice provides protection against larger predators. So that's the guess. Some species of hammerhead sharks migrate during the summer months when they travel to cooler waters. Not all species of this shark family like shallow waters. Some, like the great hammerhead like to stay in the deep water. Although the great, great hammerhead I know does hunt in the closer to the coast. So but they like to swim around in the deep water. The species is considered dangerous to humans, but they're not particularly aggressive. Most hammerhead shark species are very small and harmless. I saw a whole bunch of little tiny bonnet heads. They must've been bonnet heads because they were really small in the Gulf of Mexico, just down in St. Pete. Over oh, you did? Fourth of July, years and years and years ago. Interesting. They were all just sort of hanging out together near the pier, like doo doo. In pretty shallow water, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, super shallow water. So I don't know what they were doing. They were celebrating the Fourth of July, obviously. Clearly. <laughs> Some populations of hammerhead sharks are stable and not considered endangered. In contrast. The larger species, the great hammerhead and the scalloped hammerheads and things like that are in danger of extinction. And there are some others that are vulnerable according to the red list at the IUCN. They have reached this status because of overfishing and illegal trade. Although there are not appropriate sanctions or conservation plans for the most endangered species of hammerhead sharks. Nevertheless, some countries like Ecuador and Costa Rica have denounced this and applied regulatory measures for their capture. So people are working on it, and we all need to support that sort of stuff when it when it pops up for us to vote on. Absolutely. Support your local shock. <laughs> okay. What do you got for us today, Toaf? Well, as is completely obvious, it starts with the name Hammerhead, but that is the Hammerhead's most distinctive feature is that unique head structure. However, in my research, I found something that was pretty unique. There's actually one shark that stands on its own, and that's the winghead shark. So the winghead shark, while it's in the Sphiridae family with the rest of the hammerheads, it's actually in its in its own genus. Oh, like the like we talked about in the beginning. Yes. Yeah. And, but but it stands on its own. It's the only one that's in that's in that group. This is Eusphira, right? Yes, Eusphira, exactly. Yeah. So right. while it does have the hammerhead, it's it's. Specific hammer head, <laughs> which actually the name for that is the cephalofoil. I'm sure you've come across that name. Right. While it, its cephalofoil is unique because of its extreme size. So let me, let me explain. Mm-hmm. 
First, it has a binocular uh, field view of 48 degrees, which gives it excellent depth perception, even among other hammerheads. Wow. It also has the longest nostrils. And this is the part that I thought was the most striking. The cephalofoil can be up to 50% of the total body length. Wow. Yeah. So so the, the, the head, in proportion to this total size of the shark, is huge. Uh, which, as you mentioned, all of the hammerheads are good hunters. You know, the, the, the head itself, the cephalofoil, makes it a, a good hunter and aids in its prey and trapping its prey. Uh, but this one is particularly extreme, which gives it particularly good skills amongst all hammerheads. Wow. Skills to pay the hammerhead bills if that's, hammerheads that's right. had bills. <laughs> uh, they're probably glad that they don't. <laughs> they probably are, yeah. All right. Well, I am going to talk about something called rolled swimming. Have you ever heard of this? I have not. This is where the hammerhead sort of tilts over to the side while they're swimming. And there's a study involving great hammerheads. And But as far as I can see, this behavior is valid in most species of hammerhead. They've just done a couple of species to really look at it and find out more about it on the two great hammerheads. And there are some videos of smaller species on YouTube that I'll put in the show notes. But I'm going to go ahead and read to you a capsule of what the study said and did. So... This is them. We tagged two wild great hammerhead sharks with accelerometer loggers that allow the estimation of the body's pitch and roll angles as they swim freely in their environment, one at the Great Barrier Reef in Australia and another off the Mesoamerican Reef in Belize. Unexpectedly, the shark tagged at the Great Barrier Reef spent approximately 90% of the 18-hour deployment period which is from the early evening till the late morning, swimming on its side at absolute roll angles between 50 degrees and 75 degrees. The shark exhibited this rolling behavior, whether it was ascending, descending, or swimming at constant depth, and alternated between rolling to the left and right sides approximately every 5 to 10 minutes. So swimming along, flip, and swimming along, flip, (laughs) flipped it away. An onboard video camera visually confirmed these observations. The shark tagged off of Belize exhibited a very similar pattern. It was monitored for almost three days and spent the majority of its nighttime hours swimming at roll angles between 30 degrees and 80 degrees and tended to swim more upright during daylight hours. So that's interesting. It's unlikely that this behavior is a response to capture or handling and tagging procedures because a further three sharks were fitted with onboard cameras via scuba. That is that the cameras were fitted to the shark's dorsal fins while they were underwater with divers and they didn't capture them or handle them in any way. Okay, so sharks in the Bahamas also exhibited this behavior of frequent rolled swimming for two to three hours of each daytime video employment. And untagged specimens of this species in public aquariums invariably spend a large proportion of their time swimming at the same roll angles as seen in the wild tagged animals. So ostensibly this seems a bizarre and unexpected mode of swimming and has no precedent in the literature anywhere. What possible advantage could be obtained by swimming rolled this way? I do not know. Doing so would presumably inhibit the use of their cephalofoil for detecting electrical signals from benthic prey. So the benthic zone is the ecological region of the ocean that's at the lowest level of a body of water, such as an ocean or lake, including sediment surface and some subsurface layers. So like when you see them cruising along the surface of the bottom there, Hmm. that's the benthic zone. So therefore, rather than representing a foraging strategy, the hypothesis is that this rolled swimming is a travel mode. <laughs> it's like it, can, it just confers hydrodynamic advantages. So they decided to measure that. So and it, it allows found, them to tr- travel more efficiently and use less energy. Yes. So intriguingly, the dorsal fin of the great hammerhead is longer than its pectoral fins, which is the opposite of all other sharks for which we have data. 
Hmm. Rolling its rolling to its side, a great hammerhead therefore increases the horizontal span of its lift generating surfaces, and because an increase in horizontal span of lifting surfaces potentially makes the generation of lift more efficient, it is conceivable that great hammerheads induce less drag when they roll to their side than when they swim upright. So to examine this possibility, we built a morphologically accurate model of a great hammerhead and conducted a series of experiments in a wind tunnel. In each experiment, the model was set to a constant roll angle from 0 degrees to 90 degrees every 10 degrees, and its orientation relative to the flow, equivalent to the pitch angle of the shark swimming at a constant depth, was manipulated between negative 15 and 15 degrees while lift and drag were both measured. Remarkably, the minimal drag coefficients occurred at roll angles between 50 degrees and 70 degrees, which closely matches the range of roll angles at which our tag sharks swam in the wild. So what that means is that they were able to replicate in a lab exactly the behavior that they were seeing in the wild. Um, and it turns out when they measure, the reduction in drag through the water is more than 10%. So let's put that into terms that our listeners might be able to relate to. Gasoline is a pretty direct ana analogy. If your hmm. car, say, has a gas mileage of 20 miles per gallon, which is crappy gas mileage, but that's not the point. So <laughs> I had a friend do this math for me, and he's good at math, so... I'm glad um, you didn't ask me to do that because I'm not good at math. I, I'm not either. I had to get I had to get a buddy to help me. I think he chose twenty because it's an easy number with ten percent. So, right. so at twenty miles per gallon, a ten percent bump to twenty two saves would save the average person about one hundred and fifty dollars a year and about fifty five gallons of gas. So what that means is that the animal is spending less caloric energy on propelling itself through the water. And presumably, it can spend this energy on other activities like eating other animals <laughs> and making baby sharks. Like feeding <laughs> itself or replicating itself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, which is a good is reallocation in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Good reallocation, Hammerhead. <laughs> well done. That's going to play into the next section of our conversation. Oh, really? Maybe. Oh, yeah. Stay yeah, tuned, right. listener. Yeah. You never know. Well, let's go ahead and talk about it. Well, before I was going to get to that, do you know what the human equivalent to this that whole thing is? Mm -mm. Skipping. Is it? Have you ever tried traveling by skipping? No, but I'm sure I did when I was a kid. It's very efficient. So This is skipping efficient? Oh, my goodness. So, listeners, if you want to save your own caloric uh, uh, calories or if you want to travel around more efficiently, <laughs> now, on one hand, you're going to look incredibly foolish, but on the other hand, you're going to be moving about much more efficiently. If you don't believe me, try it out for a couple of days and then report back to us. <laughs> Do you travel while skipping? No, because because my my um, being being self conscious has won out. So I've I've resigned <laughs> myself to traveling less efficiently. But if I could get over that, I, I would be expending less energy but traveling farther. I would love to see like a whole city just go. We're skipping on Tuesday from now on. Well, I will just tell you, not only is it a more efficient way for human beings to get around, but it also makes people happy. It makes people happy to do it and to watch it. So there's an emotional lift as well. I haven't skipped since I was probably, I don't know. I haven't even remember. Probably I know. not since I was like a like 10 or something. You mm -hmm. know? So, so I, I don't want to go too far with this, but you can move around more efficiently and possibly maybe help with your depression. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Next time I take my dogs out, maybe I'll skip down the road and see what they have to think about it. They're going to be like, we don't understand this movement. <laughs> <laughs> I made the suggestion in the office and they called my bluff. They said, fine, if you do it, then we will all skip. And I, I backed out. <gasps> no, you need to do that and also tape it. Yeah, I almost had my office moving about skipping. Yep, I want to see that video. I don't, I don't know if I can make that happen, but... Disclaimer time! The Vomits Podcast knows it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence. But then, Donna and Paul only have the yardstick of themselves, so they're going to do it anyway. All right, so what do you think? How smarty are hammerheads on a scale of 1 to 10? Okay, so... 
you know, there was actually pretty good information on this. Did you find the same? Not, I, I didn't find a single thing about ha- about hammerheads specifically, but sharks overall. For sure, I would agree with that. And, yeah. and so I don't, I don't know if you're okay talking about sharks in general. Just sharks in general, because we don't have. I was not able to find specific information for hammerheads, and that doesn't surprise me because the larger species, as we will discover later when we talk about pop culture, are very hard to study. So I don't know if they've done any studies on the littler guys, but I wasn't able to find any. So we're just going to have to talk about shark behavior in general that we know about. Right, and and I found the same. But, But what I found I thought was very, very interesting. And so... What's interesting is that some of this uh, research that I found came from the Shedd Aquarium in Chicago, which I just returned from. So that was kind of fun. Right. But there's a couple of things. First of all, their their brains are bigger than than what you might think uh, or what mm-hmm. they were alleged to be. Uh, right. Also, it appears that they you can train them. But but just in terms of are are they just these uh, creatures out there just eating things and moving about instinctively? It seems like it's more than that. So yeah. uh, I won't get into too much more detail. You can certainly go out to the interwebs or we can post some links. We will po- post some links in the show notes yeah. for you guys to look but, at. But, but yeah. so I, I think, you know, try to keeping with the spirit of, of other numbers that you've assigned other animals in the history of the show, conservatively, I think I might put them in a six. I think I agree with you because they do seem to be good at solving problems in novel situations. And they seem to be, they have a great memory. And I, I saw an article about sharks can remember their mistakes, which was interesting. Yeah, which is pretty advanced. So I, yeah. I will tell you, I was tempted to say seven or even six to seven, but then I, I pulled back and I, and I just left it at a six. Yeah, it's kind of hard in the upper reaches because I, I think we said before, like the the difference between a nine and a ten uh, is pretty incredible. And I know it's very fashionable for us to go, well, humans aren't that smart. Yeah, we're the smartest animal on the planet. And by far. By far, by leaps and bounds. That's right. And and so we do some awfully stupid things, but it's be, it's kind of because we're so smart. And we're not, <laughs> not going to really get deeply into that. But as far as being measured against ourselves, which is very, very, very human-centric and and but there's no other way to do it. I mean, we can't, we can't, we're humans and this is how we perceive things. So this is how we measure. So it's not fair and it's completely subjective, (laughs) but we're saying sharks are smarty pants, even though they don't wear pants. So, (laughs) And you know, but if they did, I'd probably give them a seven. That would bump them up to a seven if they wore pants. I'd give them an eight or a nine if they were actually wearing pants. Well, that's that's if they put them on themselves. I'm just saying if they were willing to wear yeah. the pants, they get an extra number. They go a little higher. <laughs> ah, that's wonderful. All right, let's listen to this. Hey, everyone. This is Toph, host of Gravity Beard, a podcast featuring interviews and discussions on a wide range of topics. In each episode, I'll either interview a special guest or we'll convene our typical Algonquin roundtable of brilliant minds. Occasionally, we'll even be joined by the host of one of your other favorite podcasts. Then every other week, my buddy Adam stops by for an installment of This Week Today. Whatever we do each week, we promise you'll be entertained. You can find Gravity Beard on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else quality podcasts are sold. And you can always find us and other indie pods in the Underdog Podcast community on Facebook. We're also a member of the Podfix Network. Come check us out. Gravity Beard. It's what your ears will want to be listening to. Well, this here's animal rancher and expert at large, Cotton Shorts. You know Paul and Don are just a couple of nerds like you, and they don't usually get to see animals in the wild. But so we'll talk about where they usually do get to see them, which is to say on popular culture. Books, movies, television, and video games. Okay, pop culture. Alright, so first of all, there is no hammerhead pop culture, pretty much. Like, overall, there's nothing. So, Yeah, if you, if you want to get specific to hammerheads, there's... Mm-hmm. Probably, there's almost literally nothing. If someone can find something related to hammerheads in pop culture specifically, please send it to us. Yeah. 
for sure. Because that, that would be a rare discovery. I found lots and lots of little just illustrators doing their own cartoons online and stuff. There's lots and lots of art, and I will put it into the Pinterest board, but there's nothing specific to movies, video games, TV. There's some hammerhead sharks in World of Warcraft that you can go look at, but they're not specific to any storyline or anything. They're just animals out in the world. And uh, I can't think of... I'm sure there are a lot of other video games that have hammerheads out in the world because they're sharks. And if there's water and there's sharks in the water, then the artists might go, ooh, I want some hammerheads, you know. Um, but that's about it. Yeah, what, what's interesting from, is, and you and I talked about this in the pre-show, is that, uh, man, just sharks in general, they're everywhere in pop culture. Mm-hmm. But but when you drill down to the specific shark, there for whatever reason, there's nothing, which actually we both agreed that that was strange because it's pretty interesting. I mean, the hammerhead is a very, very unique shark among sharks. Uh, yeah. So you think someone would have, like you said, have been a character or something, but for whatever reason, they haven't. Yep. Nope, it's just not there. Not in any culture that we had access to. And there is an entire planet of pop culture that we might not necessarily discover even on Google or whatever. So if you know of something, definitely let us know. In the meantime, let's listen to this for the only pop culture shark that we were able to find in anything in uh, European and American and Canadian culture. The meeting has officially come to order. Let us all say the pledge. I now a nice shark, not a mindless eating machine. If I am to change this image, I must first change myself. Fish are friends, not food. Except stinking dolphins. <laughs> dolphins? Yeah, they think they're so cute. Oh, look at me, I'm a flipping little dolphin. Let me flip for you, I know something. Now, do you all have your friends? Got mine. <laughs> I like his. How about you, chum? Oh, well, I um, seem to have misplaced my uh, friend. <laughs> okay, so Anchor is uh, the hammerhead in that, and you guys are gonna, you're gonna just talk about him really briefly. But he is a uh, he's the only one we were able to find. So who is Anchor? Well, Anchor is is the hammerhead. That is one of the three sharks in Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. And the clip we just played, it's very memorable. It's when they were going to their little meeting yep. uh, to, to try to convince each other to that fish are friends and not food. That's right. All right, now we're going to take a quick look at this article from Pixar Wiki, which explains who Anchor is. Anchor is one of the three vegetarian sharks in Finding Nemo that Marlin and Dory encounter while searching the ocean for Nemo. Uh, he's a frustrated hammerhead shark who is part of the Fish Are Friends, Not Food support group. So, <laughs> so you, I actually really like this part of the film. And, and my favorite part, which you heard in the clip, was was when the one shark lifts up his fin and he's got his little friend there. That's my yeah, favorite. Yeah, the little shivery friend who's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who, who towards the end of the clip escapes, but uh, that's I think that's my favorite part. But a- Anchor's first scene of the film when, when Bruce brought uh, Marlon and Dory to the meeting and he was swimming around in circles with Chum... <laughs> in the sunken submarine and displayed a frustration due to Bruce keep, keeping them waiting. Uh, so fortunately, Anchor does not does not eat the two fish. That is fortunate. That would make the movie very short. Uh, it says the next scene is shown with uh, Anchor and the and the Bruce and Chum reciting their their club pledge, and that's the clip that we listen to. Yep, for sure. So he has like two seconds in the film. You know, he's not. But but know. he he is in the film, and that is a hammerhead shark in pop culture, technically. Yes. We found one. (laughs) So if you can find another unicorn out in the universe, then we want to know about it. Yes, we have no idea. We have no idea. And we don't even know if if he exploded, if he survived the uh, explosion that happened later. Right. So, yeah, no idea. So, So, that was it. That was all we found. Now... Because there was so little, I decided that we would use this opportunity for another little tidbit of education. I suppose this still counts as pop culture, because I'm going to refer you to a documentary about these free-diving Belgian biologists that like to go on down and tag various species of sharks, among which is the Great Hammerhead. And they are doing their research in French Polynesia. Um, So this clip is one of the biologists explaining why it's difficult to study the great hammerhead. 
The hammerhead is a big pelagic shark that navigates a lot. And when you find him, or I would say more when he finds you, uh, you have like 30 seconds to, to react because uh, it's a very shy animal. And uh, it's just doing one or two turns, check you out, and then he leaves and disappears in the blue. <laughs> and uh, sometimes you wait for two and a half hours to have uh, 20 or 30 seconds of possible uh, encounter. So within these 30 seconds, you have to do your dive, approach him without scaring him and find the right spot for the, the tag, so it's not easy. And here we, we struggle a lot. We did a lot of dive, a lot of days in the water, the same place, waiting, waiting for him. And uh, so we are really curious to see uh, where that shark went because they are very strong swimmers, so they might do thousands of kilometers. We have no idea. So it would be really cool to have the, the, the data from the, the tag and see where uh, the animal went. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, that's real cool. It is. It's amazing. And the documentary is really interesting. There's bits they've got just... I think it's kind of interesting that you look for a documentary about hammerheads specifically, and you cannot find one. <laughs> this is a documentary that features stuff that they found in the water where they are and the research of these two scientists. And the reason for that is they don't have enough film to do an entirely an entire documentary on on hammerheads <laughs> on great hammerheads specifically um they just don't it's really really hard to get film of them it's really hard to find them they're extremely extremely shy you can see lots of short videos of the schools of hammerhead swimming and various things like that but for stuff like this for the the great hammerhead and i think to some extent the big scalloped ones and stuff I think it's just very, very hard to study them because, like you said, they don't really hang around. They're very, you know, shy, quiet fish, so they kind of swim up. And later on in the video, he he says something about his day. And he said, well, you know, I mean, he just swam up and took a look at me to satisfy his curiosity, and then he left. And that was that was it. <laughs> well, I, man, I think that's why hammerheads amongst all other sharks are just so cool. Yeah. There's, there's just so there's far fewer of them. And yes. and, and they have all these other characteristics that make them so interesting. Yeah, yep, absolutely. So, guys, it, there's a huge niche available for hammerhead pop culture. If you are a creative person and you want to make a cartoon about an animal, um, choose a hammerhead shark because there isn't anybody else. Yeah, what a, that's, that's a great option. If, yeah. if I was if I was in one of those areas, I would definitely do it. Yeah, for sure. All right, now there's this. Uh, so, hey, are you going to eat that? All right, would you eat a hammerhead shock? Okay, so we have already touched on the fact that hammerheads are on the endangered list. Yeah, several species of them all are. Yeah, not all yes, of them are. that's correct. Yeah. However, I'm going to answer this question as if they were not on that list. Okay. If they were not on that list, I would at least try it if it was prepared properly and it didn't look like the shark when it came to the table. <laughs> I, I, do, I don't really like any fish that looks like a fish when it arrives in front of me. <laughs> but, but, I, but I do like seafood. I just don't like it in its original form. So if, if it was prepared the way it's supposed to be, I don't know how that is, and it, and it just looked like food and not a shark, I would at least, I would at least taste it. I'd be very curious. I don't think I've ever had shark at all, but I think that they have, they think they prepare them in Florida like fish sandwiches, I believe. Actually and with shark, with shark meat. Mm-hmm, with the smaller species of sharks like dogfish and stuff like that. I believe, I think so. Well, from listening and to the show, you and Paul both have eaten quite a bit more exotic food than I have. Well, Paul's eaten way more stuff than I have. Well, he, that's because he's got a gigantic food box. He does. My my food box is smaller. So right. I think that I probably would not expect for a large shark to taste very good like that. I don't know why. I just I just feel like there's probably not enough body fat to make it 
tasty, you know? But maybe not. Tuna's really big and it tastes yummy, so... Hmm. I might have to just reverse myself there. Hmm. So did did you give a definitive answer? I haven't given it? a definitive answer yet. I think I would probably try it if they weren't endangered, and I would be willing to try the smaller species that aren't endangered if people are actively eating them as food. But the fact that people don't actively eat them as food, at least not here in the United States, would tell me that there's not a great call for them, so they probably don't taste that great. Ooh, that's a good point. I'd still yeah. at least try it. I, I would at least want to taste it. Sure. Yeah. Why not? You know what? Let's look up. Let's look up hammerhead sandwich and see if we get it. <laughs> Never Googled hammerhead sandwich. I'm Googling it now. It might be the first time in history. I don't know. <laughs> well, there's no way that's true, but I, I personally have never Googled Hammerhead Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hammerhead Sandwich. There is a Hammerhead Hot Sandwich in Final Fantasy 15. Huh. Hmm. Um, so fantasy people eat it. <laughs> Pretend digital people eat Hammerhead Sandwiches. That's right. There is a hammerhead, yep, hammerhead hot sandwich, Final Fantasy. Um, all I'm seeing is that, all I'm seeing is people trying to recreate this from people recreating video game food. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I don't think they've got real hammerhead in there. It looks like it's salmon or tuna. <laughs> all right. That's fair. I don't know how they would get Hammerhead because it's not in the store, and there's way too many people recreating this dish for for it to be actual Hammerhead. So. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. All right, now it's time for our animal fact of the week, and I think we're going to hear from uh, Vlad Somthonovsky. <laughs> hey, Paul and Donna. It's me, Vlad Somthonovsky. I guarantee you I can help you win your next trivia night, or at the very least, make you the smartest person in the room. All I gotta do is share with you this, the animal fact of the week. Alright, what you got? Well, I actually know Vlad, and um, when asked at parties, I'm able to give a pretty decent Vlad impersonation. No, really? Yeah, I can, I can. That's great, we'll do your Vlad impersonation. Ooh, let me see if I can do it. <clears throat> oh, it's really hard to get into character. Let's see. Let's see. Let's channel Just Vlad. tell me what you're going to talk about today as if you today, were Vlad today, something else. Today, Austin. Donna, I'm going to talk about hammerhead sharks and give you an extra <laughs> an extra animal fact of the week. There. <laughs> That's a Vlad. pretty good impression. <laughs> yeah, right? See, I told you. <laughs> Nailed it. There you go. You didn't think you were going to have Vlad as a guest on the show today, but now you have. <laughs> no. And now I'm going to bring you my animal fact of the week so I can be the smartest person in the room or win my next trivia night. That's right. <laughs> so my my animal fact of the week actually comes in the form of some good news. Yeah? It does. Uh, so the number of attacks on humans by hammerheads is actually very, very small. Yes. Now, part of it is is due to what you just described in, er, in earlier, whereas they're pretty shy uh, among yeah. sharks. Uh, but according to so here's the here's the facts on it. According to the International Shark Attack File, which I think that's probably very in interesting information. But it says humans have been subjected to 17 documented unprovoked attacks by hammer, hammerhead sharks within the, the genus Sphyrna. Uh huh, Sphyrna. Thank you. Yeah. Since and I thought, found this interesting, 1580 AD. Wow, they've been tracking it since 1580. That was my response. Um, among the entire fact, that's the part that stood out. So in any case, since 1580, uh, they've been documenting this information, and they've only have 17 documented unprovoked attacks. And actually, even among those attacks, there's been no human fatalities. Wow. Yeah. Zero human fatalities is Zero. Good. Not a single one. Yeah. That's so, so I guess I, uh, you can kind of say among sharks, maybe hammerheads are the most friendly. Maybe they are. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't invite them to your dinner party, but but yeah, they're, they're they might nice. be kind of messy eaters, you know. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, they don't use the fork 
correctly. And no, and they're they're not going to wear pants. We've already they don't wear that pants. Out. Good callback. <laughs> uh huh. So right, well. so so they they're they're nice among sharks. Don't have them over to your house for a dinner party. Yeah, no, probably not great guess. So, all right. Well, I'm going to talk about in the Galapagos. Scientists recently discovered a natural breeding site or a nursery for scalloped hammerhead sharks. This is good news because they are an endangered species. So now they can work to track them and conserve them by protecting that land and preventing people from going in there fishing and stuff. The nursery was discovered along the coast of Santa Cruz Island in November, adding to the archipelago's importance as one of the most densely populated zones for sharks in the world. Researchers are returning to this site now to begin collecting data and tagging the sharks for further study. This species of shark can live as long as 30 years, providing a potentially long window of data on where they go, what they eat, and more. Scalloped hammerhead sharks are using sheltered, crustacean-filled mangroves along Santa Cruz Island to breed. Females give birth to their pups, sometimes in litters of 30 or more, after a 9-10 to 10 month gestation. Now, just so we are clear that that's a lot of baby sharks, a great white's litter is usually 2 to 10 pups, but usually it's just like right in the middle there somewhere, 2 or 3. And I'm, I'm going for like the, the more popular ones that we know about. Oh, the, the oceanic white tip shark, the big old, big old white tip, they have litters of about 5 to 15. So these hammerheads are having twice the amount of babies as other sharks species of about relatively the same size. So that's that extra, extra energy that they save on the travel right there is my idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's a direct correlation, but... Giving birth to extra large litters. Yeah. The female sharks then leave the young and well-protected food-rich environments where they slowly mature to adulthood, safe from many of their natural predators like other sharks in the open ocean. When they tag the sharks, they have to work super fast. The, t the fish typically need constant water flow to breathe, so the researchers only have two minutes to tag the animal from the time they catch it to the time they must put it back in the water to ensure its survival. The park rangers in the area of the Galapagos Islands have been monitoring and tagging hundreds of sharks for years, and the area is one of the biggest oceanic parks in the world. Scalloped hammerhead sharks are classified as an endangered species because of overfishing and illegal capture, according to the IUCN. And the government of Ecuador, which oversees the Galapagos, has created a sanctuary zone where no fishing is allowed to help protect this species. And I will put a video of this on the show notes and you'll have to watch it because the little tiny sharks are so cute <laughs> you cannot believe how cute a baby hammerhead is it is the most freaking adorable thing. <laughs> it's this tiny they're like seven pounds me they're so small <laughs> 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 I sat there and watched the video just go and squee the whole time because <laughs> they're so cute. Almost as if when you were hugging it, it should make a squeaky noise. Yeah, really. Like a dog toy. No, for sure. Now that I have to agree with you, that's super duper adorable. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> it really is. You know what it looks like when they're that small? At least from you know when they pan out, it, they look like tadpoles. They do. They look like tiny tadpoles. They look like they're little much tadpoles. bigger than tadpoles, but they have that same kind of shape. Yeah. Because when we were kids and we found creek water, we were obsessed with tadpoles. Mm -hmm. That's what that reminds me of. Uh, but I think they're so cute, though, because, I mean, look at their toe tiny. And the guy's like, the little guy's like, I'm not cute. I'm a vicious predator. I'm going to eat your face. <laughs> <laughs> Let go of my mouth because I'm going to eat your face. <laughs> eat your face. You give me one opportunity and your face is going to get devoured by me. Because <laughs> I'm a vicious predator. <laughs> yeah. I don't have no, this hammerhead for you're nothing. So cute. Look at your little chalky face. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it really is. I don't think I would have ever said that sharks were cute, but I'm going to I'm gonna say they are now. Oh my gosh. At least tiny baby hammerheads are adorbs. I absolutely agree. <laughs> Excellent. Well. That was a great show. Our show is produced with technical support by Matthew Chomo, bed music by Kevin McLeod, 
Vocal Talent by Carrie McGinnis, Chris Brayton, Josh Hallmark, Chris the Toaf Green, our current guest. Hello. Stacy from Rough Giraffe and Frosty from the show with Prussia and Frosty. Special thanks to you, the Patreon supporter, for keeping the ship afloat. And thank you so much for coming on our show, Toph. Tell the listeners about your podcast and where they can find it. Oh, like my they gosh. they don't already know. <laughs> Who doesn't know where my show is? Uh, <laughs> of course, I'm kidding. But for, first off, thank you so very much for having me on. Uh, obviously, <clears throat> you and Paul have been friends of mine for a while now, and I'm a huge fan of the show. So to get to sit in and, and help co-host an episode... Uh, it was absolutely fantastic. I really loved it. So thanks we for having me. Super, super. We were super, super happy to have you on. Thank you very much. It was mm-hmm. just, just a thrill to be here. Gravity Beard is is a variety podcast, and it's you know we're generally lighthearted, if not expressly comedic. And so every other week we do something a little bit different. Uh, but on the alternate weeks, we're more consistent. And I do a show called This Week Today with my good buddy, Adam Saunders. And that's kind of a short form faux current news uh, events podcast. Uh, we also have a call-in hotline for the show that's sort of, uh, I guess you would say it's kind of gotten out of control recently, but in the best way possible. Uh, mm-hmm. a- and <laughs> I'd also like to say that about uh, the Gravity Beard Interns, which is our listener group on Facebook. So c- please come join us or call into the yes. hotline. Uh, and then just one more thing. Uh, I'd like to promote the Underdog Podcast Community. That's a Facebook group specifically for uh, indie, po- indie podcast creators and listeners. Absolutely. So where can they find Gravity Beard to start this fantastic journey? Oh, well, uh, really, maybe just search the Gravity Beard interns or Gravity Beard on Facebook. We also have a, a Twitter handle. It's it's The Gravity Beard, and, and we certainly post things there. Uh, and then the under, Underdog Podcast community is on Facebook under that name. And, and then you can get to our shows. We're hosted on Podbean by going to uh, gravitybeard.com. Excellent. And they're available in all the various podcatchers. And all the of the podcasters, every single, inclu- including most recently Spotify. So we've now joined the Spotify family. Woohoo. All right. It's time for the Rugrat Corner. If you have a Rugrat eight years of age or younger and you want to have them on the podcast, send us a message on Facebook or email us at varmanspodcast at gmail.com for details. We make it super easy for your Rugrat to hear their voice on the podcast. Today's, on today's Rugrats Corner, we're going to hear from... Jennifer's kids, Morgan, Megan, Maddie, and Kenny. So here we go. Hi, Morgan. Hi. What do you know about hammerhead sharks? They don't hammer things. They don't hammer things? (laughs) (laughs) Megan, you're my talker and my smart one. What do you know about hammerhead sharks? Come on. Nothing? (laughs) Their head is shaped like a hammer? Their head is shaped like a hammer. Maddie, what do you know about hammerhead sharks? I know nothing about Nothing? (laughs) Kenny, what do you know about hammerhead sharks? Yeah. Yeah? Do do you want to know where they come from? Um, Africa. Do they come from Africa? I don't know. Maybe. They do? I don't know if that's right. Is that right? (laughs) No. It's not. They come from the mothers. They come from their mothers? That's good. Nailed it. So, I guess the only thing you really know is what Megan said, which is what? Their head is shaped like a hammer. Yeah. And they don't hammer things. <laughs> they don't hammer things. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much, guys. That was that was an extremely Im- entertaining and informative clip. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to us, and until next time. Be nice to animals. Do it! Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. That's so much fun. You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios. Okay. All right. Let's take a big breath and we will go. (sighs) (laughs) Now I'm ready.